0: My name is Hannah Steinkoff-Frank, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Emerson Malone. I'm a podcast editor with The Daily Emerald. With me here in the studio, it's... Max Thornberry, senior reporter. (laughs) What do you do do here?
2: I don't know. Max Thornberry, senior news reporter. I'm Craig Wright. I'm the arts and culture editor.
1: And today we're just going to bring you a quick recap. (laughs) I'm still going through puberty. Apparently so. It's okay. Today we're going to give you a quick recap of the biggest stories from the winter 2017 term. Plus a look ahead at what to expect this spring. Max, let's start with news. One of our most popular stories was written by our editor-in-chief, Cooper Green. He wrote about Tanahisi nehisi Coates' visit to the University of Oregon. Coates is the author of Between the World and Me. He came for the rule Lecture. And people were a little peeved that his speech in Matthew Knight Arena ended early. Could you explain a bit more about that? I can. So I wasn't there for the speech, but I had
0: heard from a few different people that it was a little strange how quick it seemed to be to uh to be the event Uh, and it turns out that Coates had given five speeches in five days at this point he told attendees at the at the speech this fact and he was paid forty one thousand five hundred dollars for this speech that ended about 35 minutes early cooper green our editor-in-chief like you said he did some digging and dug up the contract for this and it turns out that because Coates was brought to the school of journalism and communication as a rural lecturer the school wanted to make time for a Q&A session earlier in the day with other students. Matthew Knight Arena is not conducive to a Q&A session, so the event was cut short for that purpose.
1: My roommate brought all of his Black Panther comics, hoping that Ta-Nehisi Coates would sign them. Then he came to Matthew Knight Arena, which was packed. And he realized he wasn't going to get his comics signed. Another big story was the 10% tuition increase. Self-explanatory, but what was the reaction from students? Yeah, there isn't a whole lot to say
0: about this 10.6% for in-state students, 3% for out-of-state. Needless to say, students are not happy. There has been quite a bit of discussion about this. It has been rumored for a few months beforehand that this was probably going to happen, and it did happen. It was passed nearly unanimously. There was one board of trustees member that didn't vote for the tuition increase of this amount. Uh, Administrators have been trying to urge lawmakers in the state of Oregon to give the university more money. Uh, If they can raise $100 million, they can cut that increase by 5% for in-state students. So that's kind of where that is going forward, but it doesn't look like lawmakers are planning on sending money our way anytime soon.
1: Let's just talk dollars and cents. What does 10.6% increase look like? So
0: 106 or 3% if you are an out-of-state student looks like $21 per credit hour increase or $945 a year, so nearly $1,000. Uh, Noah McGraw, our senior news editor, wrote a story about this right after this vote was passed and the cover was got a grant because that's going to be about the amount that you need if you, t- if you take the per year cost and add in the technology fee of $50 a term, uh, we're looking at upwards of a $1,000 increase for students.
1: Another big story was that time University of Oregon Police stopped some students from handing out free pizza outside Carson Dining Hall. Could you explain a bit about what was going on there?
0: So this is a story that has been developing over a few terms in Andrew Field, another senior news reporter. He's been covering this extensively according to UO administration. Which means two stories? Which means that he's been he's reported on this more than two or three. He wrote a cover story, wrote about slap, wrote about uh, he did get some administration response saying that one of the people in charge of determining shift meal costs uh, has been unfairly painted by shift meal workers. The issue at hand here is that dining hall workers were receiving free shift meals. When they worked, they could, they could eat for free. That cost has now gone up. So now they have to, to buy points in order to buy their meals. So they're, they're still being paid, but they're not being given a meal each time they work. So there has been quite a bit of contention over that. You can read about all of that on com.
1: And that just affects the students who are working at the campus-based, campus-run... Eateries, yes. So those are the the dining halls specifically, uh,
0: not EMU food workers. That is, it, those are separate entities.
1: And then another story from the news desk was about the administration's proposed parameters on how student protests can take place on campus. Yeah. So this was probably the the story that the news desk was most proud of this term.
0: Emma Henderson wrote a story about the history of protesting. At University of Oregon on the University of Oregon campus and how important it is to the history of UO that that same week there was going to be a vote on this new time place manner protest and free speech policy that had been proposed by UO administrators that story that Emma wrote ran on Monday that Wednesday President Shill sent out an email saying that he was putting the policy on hold our story wasn't directly mentioned by President Shill, but Faculty Senate President Bill Harbaugh said that it definitely had an effect. Uh, You could definitely see the correlation between a story that the news desk wrote about an issue that was currently taking place on campus and we were able to see immediate dividends. So that was pretty rewarding.
1: And lastly, let's go back into ancient history all the way back to January 2017. That's when we had the inauguration of our current president plus the Women's March. How did, how did the Eugene community react to all of this?
0: So it's weird to think that our current presidential administration just stepped into office at the beginning of this last term. It seems like a lot has happened since then. But as far as Eugene and UO residents, uh, they, they showed up in force along with people nationwide uh, and joined in uh, a women's march in Eugene on the same day that there were women's marches in, in D.C. and New York and some other places uh, as well as just general protest and walking in solidarity with women and other groups that were and are still afraid of some of the
1: president's rhetoric. Including the travel ban, which has gone under two iterations now, just in the past term.
0: Yeah, the University of Oregon has reiterated quite a few times that it is standing in solidarity with students and faculty members that may be affected by that ban. Uh, There are about a total of 40 people at the UO that would be subject to tribal restrictions uh, based on the original language of that ban.
1: And what's coming up from news? What can readers expect to see for the spring term?
0: So we are going to be rolling right along. If you if you didn't see it earlier this week, there is only one presidential candidate for ASUO uh, next, next year. Uh, campaigning will be taking place over the break. So the news desk will have coverage of campaigning that has taken place and get you all caught up with that and you can make sure to check in with dailyemerald.com daily to see what's going on.
1: Right on. Craig, <sighs> let's pivot. We're pivoting now. Arts and culture. Explain. What was the what what were some of the stories that came out of the arts and culture desk from Winter Term?
2: For sure, our biggest story was Frankie, Frank Lewis, who's one of our writers. He's been working on a series about, you know, building names on campus and where these names come from after the Dee Hall and Dunn controversy. So one that he started looking into, the, into this term was Bean Hall. And while he was looking into it, he just kept telling me, like, we need to wait a few more days to publish the story. Just, like, something's up. And then finally he found out that Bean Hall, which has been, what, I think, untouched pretty much since the 60s, right? is finally getting a multi-million dollar renovation. And so he just turned it into the story about the culture of Bean Hall and what it's like to live there. I live there. You know, it's it's a, it's a weird place because it's, what, 150 square feet and you can literally, like, pass the remote per between... Per room? Yeah, two beds per room. So, like, my roommate and I, we could both be in our own beds and, like, pass the remote to each other in bed. It's just this tiny place, but it just builds this really close community. And it just took off online and it was really cool because people were sending in stories about... What it was like to live there and then someone had a comment about how she and her husband met in bean and they named their dog bean in honor of their time there so that was a cool story we also had a lot of cool interviews with some Pretty well-known local musicians. uh, Yeah, definitely. This has been a
1: prolific term for interviews from arts and culture.
2: Yeah, Zach Price got to talk to Vince Staples. He's a rapper before his performance at the Roseland Theater. And then just this week, he got to talk to Cameron Avery, who's the touring bassist for Tame Impala. He just released his first album. I got to talk to Mike Wad of the Minutemen, who was one of my personal childhood heroes, and he was super interesting. I got to talk to friends Nikolai from The Hold Steady. And then Sarah Rosa Davies is one of our writers. Got to talk to Evan Stevens-Hall. He's the singer of the band Pinegrove. Andy Field uh, is one of our news reporters. He got to interview Jake Shimabukuro, who is a very famous ukulele artist. You've probably seen his cover of George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And um, Patience Green, who switched to a pit, the opinion desk, which she got to talk to Portland bands The Shivas and Sally Ford. So we had really interesting term, just a lot of good music coverage. But yeah, I mean, in addition to that, we also had some features about truffle hunting in Oregon, and that was a cool story. I didn't really realize how big truffles are here, and well, not big, but you know, they're physically. Pretty, well, large for the culture <laughs> of truffle hunting. Right, right. We had a cool feature about the polar plunge in Eugene. Prince's music became available on Spotify for the first time. So two of our writers, Sarah Rosa Davies and Dana Alston, listened to nothing but Prince for a week. Kara Thompson spoke with Awa Toure, who is a clothing designer. And she's all of the work she does is with materials she imports from her home country of the Ivory Coast. And Emerson, you actually wrote an arts and culture story for us about Eugene jazz musician Tony Glousey which I thought was a great story.
1: I'm just thinking, like, this has been a long 10 weeks when we just talk about all of these stories happening.
2: Yeah, it has. <laughs> it's, it's been brutal. <laughs> we are
1: all so much older. This has been the longest 10 weeks of my college career.
0: It has been very surreal as someone that is on their way out oh, You just graduated, college. yeah. How's it, that feel? It's, it's pretty nutty. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to see... The work that the Emeralds doing, though, a wide range of national and local topics. We haven't even touched on the success of the sports desk and the senior sports editor, Kenny Jacoby, having a story get picked up by The Washington Post about Andrew Greif and Willie Taggart. Andrew Greif is a sports reporter at The Oregonian uh, who was basically frozen out uh, by Willie Taggart because he was asking questions that Taggart didn't appreciate so we're, we're seeing things like that women's and,
1: basketball is doing pretty well too right uh,
0: yeah w- women's basketball is in the sweet 16 they beat duke earlier this week uh the men's team is doing very well uh they are in the sweet 16 as well so
2: they just beat rhode island yeah, and they're playing michigan today at four i believe yes. well this is coming out on friday well then it'll already be old news so <laughs> we'll see what's ha- we'll see what happens
1: um let's wrap this up but uh a bit more from ANC, what else was
2: some of the highlights of the term? Sure, we had a wide array of reviews. you know we cover everything from movies, TV, music, all sorts of things. so Dana, who's our movie reviewer he had he had pretty much reviews every week. so if you ever need movie recommendations, he's a very solid source he's he's got he knows what he's talking about, but he a few of his favorite reviews were the Lego Batman movie. He reviewed John Wick 2, which he said was one of the most perfect action films he's ever seen. I still need to see that. I'm excited to. Um, Here if you'd get out. Um, Matthew Brock, who's one of our associate editors, has he does a weekly column about video games called Gaming We Can Review. And so one of his biggest stories was that Club Penguin is shutting down. I personally never played it. R.I.P. Yes, but it... Rest in Penguin. <laughs> that, that had some serious emotion attached to it from a lot of people so I was pretty shocked to see that um, but yeah we also covered new bands in Eugene and Portland everyone from Ty Seagal to to Droids to Louis C.K. and then Emerson and I went to Elton John and that was a great show so and then looking forward at spring term what's coming up? We've got At least three cover stories from our desk coming out week one. Uh, We're not entirely sure which ones are going to run when, but I'm currently working on a story about what happened to music in the EMU ballroom and why concerts don't really happen there anymore, because I believe from the 70s to mid-90s there were concerts there all the time. I mean, Bob Dylan played in the EMU ballroom. He announced it the day before, I think, and sold it out in minutes. And I think the last concert we had there was Otis Day for an Animal House reunion. And it's just kind of something that's gone away. And so it's interesting to talk to people about why that happened. So I'm trying to talk to you know, some pretty well-known musicians about what it was like to play on college campuses, as well as students who were here at the time. And that may get pushed a bit, but it's one coming out for sure sometime next term. Uh, Franklin Lewis, who wrote The Bean Story, he has a story about ROTC life on campus and what it's like to be an active student and of the military. Zach Price is doing a story about skateboard culture in Eugene and he spoke to a few people from Dreamland Skateboard Company which is the company that designed most of the ramps for the last few X games and they built I forget the name of it but the undercover skate park in Eugene which Washington is Washington Jefferson Washington Jefferson yeah which is the largest undercover skate park in the country. Matthew Brock is working on a profile on Uvo's new police chief Matt Carmichael and it sounds like he's got some interesting ideas about what he wants to do with his time here, so that'll be coming out shortly. And then Cassie Brady is one of our newer writers. She has two cover stories in the works, both about really interesting Eugene people involved in the music scene. One is a man named Ife Adenji, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Uh, but he's a record producer, and he's made music videos for people such as Snoop Dogg, and he's been involved with multiple students. And both these people sound like really interesting stories. The other one's Ishmael Thali, who I'm not entirely sure the backstory, but yeah, it's gonna be a great story. Anything
1: else we wanna plug for the future of not just the Emerald, but our lives? We're just content creators. We're constantly turning out stuff. What can people expect from us? Nothing,
0: okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're content creators, but we care what you have to say. So if you have an idea for a podcast episode, if you want to hear something more from us, shoot us an email. We want to hear from you.
2: Preach. And what's that email? E Malone at
1: dailyemerald.com. E M A L O N E. There, I said it. It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to give out your phone number while you're at it. Yeah. Home
1: address uh, 541 346 0011. Zero, zero, one, one. That might be the health center. I don't know. Somewhere on campus.
0: <laughs> make a phone call, find out what happens.
1: Yeah. Um, give that phone number a call and let us know what happens. Uh, if you want to hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you don't want to do that, you can just passively listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at DailyEmerald.com. I get it. You don't want to make the commitment to subscribe. It's a hassle, blah, blah, blah. You can just listen to it at DailyEmerald.com. And if you like what you heard today, or you ended up calling that phone number and had a really interesting conversation and you consented that you could record the phone call and you want to pitch it to us as a podcast, you can leave a comment on our SoundCloud stream or on the Daily Emerald website. I'm Emerson Malone. I'm Craig Wright.
0: I'm Max Thornberry.
1: Thanks for listening. Have an excellent spring break.